0: Welcome to the Dying Desk Podcast. My name is Deirdre Fitzpatrick. I got a funny message through Instagram from somebody who had listened to the podcast and wrote to me and said, you referenced a TV station. Do you have another job? And it was interesting to me because this is somebody who doesn't live in Northern California where I actually, my day job, My other day job is that I work as a morning news anchor at KCRA-TV for Hearst Television. Um, And this person just happens to listen to the podcast somewhere else. I don't even know where they live. But um, yes, it it occurs to me that we do have people who listen for a variety of reasons. Some of you listen to the show because you do see me on the morning news, and then this is the other thing that I do there at KCRA. And then some of you might have just seen an episode shared by somebody and maybe became um, a listener of the show through that. So all are welcome The podcast, I like to joke, is my after-school activity. So it's uh, not the primary thing I do at the Big 3, Channel 3, but it is one of the things I do, and I love it. It's an extension of the interviewing and the stories that I like to do on the TV side But the podcast lets me do them in another way and in in more in-depth and more casual way, which is super fun. So, again, all are welcome. Thank you to anybody who listens to the show and shares it with their friends. So we had a couple of episodes this summer. I just wanted to highlight for those of you who maybe are a little behind in your podcast binging. um, We've had a couple of um, guests that I just really, really enjoyed. We, of course, are listed under the self-improvement category in podcast platforms. So the concept of the show, Dying to Ask, her, these are the questions that I'm dying to ask on ways you can improve your habits, your outlook to achieve goals that you might have either professionally or personally. So learning from our guests, little hacks, um, things that they do big and small that can have a big outcome. So recently we had Dr. Neha Pathak from WebMD on, and she was talking about a new study that has actually proven that when you're hangry, hunger plus anger equals hangry, that it can really cost you big time, both in productivity, but also in your relationships with people. And now the scientists have actually gone down the rabbit hole and done a deep dive to prove that the data is in. We did an episode on how you can stress less by walking more. So when somebody says, hey, take a hike, say, okay, because you might come back from that short walk Feeling completely different. So, the power of walking. We learned how to create confidence with Amy Schmidt, the exact opposite of fake it till you make it. Instead, her theory is that if you draw back on what you have already done in your life, there's a lot there, and that you can really find confidence in realizing, wow, I am actually really good at a lot of things. And she had a wonderful hack on how to do that, it involved Basically asking people what you're good at, which sounds weird, but is so effective. And then just last week we did a show or I did a show, actually, it's a solo show on how to perfect an apology. So I gave my non-patented AAA method to say sorry and talked about why taking responsibility for a mistake, big or small, can save you some personal angst and maybe preserve some of your relationships with people, whether it's work or in your personal life. And I had a friend text me to say that she's actually sending that episode to a whole bunch of her coworkers. I do not endorse that at all. Feels a little passive aggressive. And while they might benefit, it might not be received well. So think before you share that episode. So that episode came about because I admitted that I had really made a big screw up at work. I had forgotten about a guest. And that guest, who is the CEO of WebMD, Dr. John White, who's been on before and we interview him on the TV site all the time, um, was sitting in my Zoom waiting room and I completely spaced the interview because I wrote it down incorrectly. So I just, you know, I dropped a ball. And uh, it was a little embarrassing and you know, certainly inconvenienced him, but he was totally cool about it because I fessed up quickly and I admitted, hey, I made a mistake. And he could not have been kinder about it. And I thought, well, isn't that interesting? When we just take responsibility, bam, I didn't have to dwell about it for the rest of the day. And it was just this really great learning lesson. So anyway, flash forward, Dr. John White is on the show today and I remember to do the interview, so winning on all levels. Dr. John White is a popular doctor and a writer and a medical journalist who also serves as the chief medical officer for WebMD. He has had such an interesting career, both in front of the camera and behind the camera. He's worked in the private sector and he's also worked in the um, public sector as well. He uh, worked with the FDA, He has worked with healthcare professionals. He's worked as a patient advocate. He has his hand in a lot of different things. He even worked for like a decade as the chief medical expert and vice president of health and medical education at Discovery Channel. So he is just a master communicator. And I can imagine, oh, he also still does doctor work. So he's super busy. Um, But I would imagine he's just a really good communicator as a doctor, just on the the one-on-one level too, because he's so good at breaking down really tough concepts into information that's super easy to digest, which as a human being, I appreciate because this medical stuff can get quite complicated. He's a father of two and just a really, really nice guy. So Dr. White is back on the show today because he's busting out some health myths. So five health myths, five things that we do because we have always done them, that maybe we don't need to do anymore. We'll do that on the show today. And then I put him on the spot at the end of the show and I asked him for three things that we could all do today that would yield us a positive either physical or mental health benefit if we implement some changes, like easy things. And he gives out things that he's actually doing, really specific, and they're good. And what's really great about them is they're so simple that you and I can do them Today, Dr. John White, because I remember to do the interview, is my guest today on Dying to Ask. I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and I've been anchoring morning news for more than 20 years. I thought I had seen and covered it all. Then came coronavirus, a pandemic, anchoring in my living room, homeschooling my kids, and all the things that come with COVID, including a vaccine. It was supposed to get us all back on track, living our best Instagrammable lives. Best lives-ish. The reality is we're still untangling what life looks like in a world post-pandemic. A lot of people describe a sense of never-ending overwhelm and anxiety. Is that just what life is like now? Or are there ways we can get back to living in the now? And this season of The Dying Desk Podcast is asking how we can hit the restart and start living again. Dr. John White, it's great to have you back on The Dying Desk Podcast. Thanks for joining.
1: Always nice to be with you. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, it's nice that I showed up this time because I didn't last time, which became the- I waited. The...
1: <laughs> I waited. I gave I you like me? 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, you it's, did, it's which
0: is like okay. way more than I would have given me. I didn't deserve <laughs> Sorry, it, but I just, I felt so bad, but I was telling you before we got right. this started, I actually turned the whole experience into a podcast yeah. that ran last week. So what
1: know. what is the time that we should wait? That's a good question. What's this- That's a really for, good for, question. For five minutes, but, you know, like in college, you'd say like, five minutes for an assistant professor. Yeah, minutes. I know. And you'd listen to hear professor. like, what yeah. was that
0: person coming down the hallway? That's a good, that actually could be a great podcast. How wait, How long do you wait in the Zoom room? But I was seriously eating my breakfast, like feet up at the station. And then I get this alert. Dr. John White is in your waiting room. Like, yeah. why is Dr. John White? And the- oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you were very gracious. I appreciated okay. it. So, you know, we're starting off, um, you know, another year I I know the clock technically starts Mm -hmm. in January for the year but it when once you become a parent it's when the kids go back to school you start to feel that reset, and it does feel like things are a little different heading back to the school year um, in terms of COVID and and kind of how we're feeling, would you say that that's reflected in your world too.
1: Absolutely. And what we saw recently was the CDC came out with new guidelines, got rid of that six feet distance requirement that we're having, really only talked about masks when there's high transmission. We changed the issues of, you know, quarantining with just exposure and really maximize keeping kids in school and maximizing the social interaction. So our kids started uh, this week. I feel the same way. It's, it's close to pre-pandemic as as we can get. And I'm hopeful things are going to stay that way. So a lot of excitement. It uh, is,
0: it it feels um, very positive, which is really nice. You've had done such a great job over the last couple of years on WebMD of providing people with information about anxiety and depression, especially Mm -hmm. in kids, which we saw of course skyrocket during the pandemic. Um, Is that also one of those things that you think will be helped by just some of the, the relaxation of some of the tension that we've all had to live with?
1: Absolutely, because we all have this anxiety, right? And there also is a lot of uncertainty. You know, Mm -hmm. what our school is going to reopen, our business is going to reopen. What do we do when they do reopen? And I feel we've gotten a lot of those answers. And it's also not on the news every day, so you don't have that stress of you know there's an outbreak in such and such a place or another new variant. We realize that COVID is going to be here for a while, and how do we live with it while? Prioritizing different aspects of our life and and working to minimize risk.
0: Yeah, we we monitor it just within news um, on our morning show. As we didn't say the word COVID until this time in the hour, so there was one day it was until five twenty-seven with the five a.m. Mm. news. I'm like, that's huge. You know, yeah. just it really kind of jumped out at us that definitely this has become we're in kind of a different phase, which is absolutely. Nice. Yeah, which means we can talk about other things with you, including you guys have got this great article on WebMD right now Mm -hmm. talking about daily habits. So Mm -hmm. things that we've always done because probably our mom told us to do Mm -hmm. them. And we just take them as fact that this is the way things should be. And this stuff is kind of fun and a little controversial. We're going to start by talking just a little. (laughs) First one is talking about daily showers. Now, I have two teenage boys. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I would like them to take showers three times a day. There is an argument, however, that we don't need to bathe all the yeah. time and that we yeah. bathe too much. Why is that? Yeah.
1: We like to say cleanliness is next to godliness. Yes, we do. Well, well, that doesn't mean that it has to be every day to be godly. And, and the reason why is skin is actually our largest organ. It's a barrier to many bacteria or viruses that can harm us. And when we take showers every day, especially long, hot showers, we dry out our skin. And what that does, it gets rid of those natural oils, those moisturizers that are providing a barrier against infection. So, you know, I often see patients that have eczema, uh, you know, dermatitis, and and some of that is contributed by the, you know, the long, hot daily showers that they're taking. And I keep saying hot because really, we should be doing more cold showers. We we don't need a steam room every morning. So, you know, four showers a week, is probably good enough for most people. Okay, all right. I'm telling to you, now, that doesn't mean if be... you were playing tennis or running track or basketball that you don't need a shower that day, because <laughs> you do. But <laughs> if you don't smell well, take the shower. But I if know. you miss a day here and there, it's okay.
0: It's not gonna kill you. Hopefully it doesn't mean more Axe body spray in my house because you'll see once your boys are in middle school, that's what starts to surface. And it's just all kinds of awful. Um, During the pandemic, we all got so vitamin C crazy, you know, like upping the vitamin C, Mm -hmm. like that was gonna protect us from, you know, all that ails us. Um, And there's some new research on vitamin C showing that maybe it's not the cure all that we thought.
1: That's right, especially supplementation with vitamin C, either a powder or a pill or a capsule. You know, we've been talking about vitamin C for more than a century. It started in sailors and we saw something called scurvy, which was different parts of your body were bleeding out and you had vitamin C deficiency. Um, But what we've learned is if you eat a healthy diet, you uh, have fruits and vegetables, you're gonna get enough vitamin C. So that should be part of a healthy diet. But if you think it's going to protect you against the common cold, against COVID, it's not. So you can save your money on the, the vitamin C supplementation and, and really focus on a glass of orange juice and, and some other elements uh, to get that vitamin C.
0: Are you a big supplement guy? What are your thoughts not, on that? Because I feel not, like
1: Yeah. not, okay and my bias is probably having worked at the Food and Drug Administration. And there's a big difference between prescription drugs and pharmaceuticals, uh, prescription drugs and supplements. So You know, prescription drugs, you actually have to prove the data before you can come to market. Supplements actually are regulated by the FDA as a food. A lot of people don't know that. So, what that Mm. means is you can come to market and then you can only be removed if you're proven to be unsafe. Uh, and a lot of times there are these claims and we've all seen them on TV and they'll say prostate health improves memory and then real tiny new print. These have not been evaluated yeah. by the FDA or these are not characteristic. I think it's all about a healthy diet. And you know we don't know if taking uh, certain vitamins and minerals by mouth gives you the same effect as it is in food. So that's why I'm very focused on food. And sometimes I think people... know don't eat a healthy diet and then they say oh i'll just take a bunch of supplements and then that's good enough i don't like fish i don't want to eat fish so i'll just pop you know a a fish oil and it's not the same thing now if you're deficient if you have vitamin d deficiency you have other deficiencies you probably need supplementation but you know i have a a gazillion patients that'll say my neighbor is taking you know vitamin d should i take it or i be like you don't have vitamin d deficiency you're not b12 deficient so that that's the the difference. I'd say spend your money. That and supplements can be very expensive in terms of a healthy diet. And then yeah, check for yeah. deficiencies, and then do it that way.
0: What about those um, B twelve injections that you hear about? Because they are all these, like yeah. you know, they're, they call themselves clinics where you yeah. can go and you can get like IVs to yeah. hydrate you, to give you energy, and yeah. a lot of it is is B twelve. What's what's that about? And, and is that a bad thing? Yeah.
1: You know B twelve injections were really popular like 40, 50 years ago before I started practice. And I Is first started right? practice, yes. I'd still have some patients come to Oh, I, I used to get one every month. And I'd be like, you're not B12 deficient. You don't need <laughs> B12. B12, um, and you know, typically it, it's not done well by a pill. It's not absorbed, that's why it's primarily done through an injection. It's usually for an anemia, B12 or folate deficiency, a megaloblastic anemia. And what we're learning is that often, whether it's B12 or vitamin E or vitamin A, um, people take megadoses and then they start to have problems. There's this idea that if something's over the counter, that it's it's fine. You know, the more the better, and that's simply not the truth. So I do not recommend B12 injections to anyone doesn't have a documented B12 deficiency. Interesting.
0: One that one supplement that I feel like I'm reading a lot about these days, and maybe it's because of the pandemic mm-hmm. and people's stress and anxiety is ashwagandha. What hmm. are your thoughts on that one?
1: Yeah, you know, on, on these, on all of them, I, I really like to see the data. And it, it kind of goes to vitamin D where we've had lots of studies and many times they're conflicting. So So what do you do about it? So what I say is you know, again, you know, I'm broken record, healthy diet. If you want to, you know, try these, I think it's, it's reasonable, especially in small doses, make sure you talk to your doctor, your pharmacist, because some of them have active ingredients that can interact Mm -hmm. with other pills. But let's be honest, there's no magic pill for any of these. If there were, we would all know it. There's no secret formula that you're going to find in a powder. Uh, and, And that's, that's the concern. Sometimes I feel like it's the Diet Coke, remember that you'd say, oh, I'm going to get a hamburger, French fries, and Diet Coke zeroes everything out, right? And it balances. I'll I'll, I'll eat unhealthy, do all these unhealthy things, then I'll pop a supplement, then I'm good. It just doesn't work that way.
0: It seems too, as I stand in line at a pharmacy, you know, usually you're standing in line right by the gummy vitamins and supplements. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it almost feels like, it almost feels like a candy aisle. And I know the gummies yeah. are easier for people, yeah. um, but it, it is interesting. It does kind of change how you, how appealing some of those things are to people That's, too, I would yeah. think.
1: That's why they do them. I mean. right candy and <laughs> oh, I mean that that that's great marketing and and multivitamins the studies have been consistent that they really haven't shown any change in life expectancy or morbidity in those people that take multivitamins it's interesting the reason why they think that's the case is people that take multivitamins tend to have other healthy habits to begin with that they don't drink a lot of alcohol, they don't smoke, they tend to be physically active, and that, and that kind of makes a lot of sense. So if you're already doing a lot of good things, and then you take a multivitamin, you're not going to, you know, necessarily have that many changes. Yeah, you're probably um, a little bit more focused on your health yeah. anyway. All these multivitamins, you know, they actually have very low amounts of, of certain vitamins and minerals. So in some ways, you could say, with some of the ones that particularly are gummies, um, because they have to add so much else in to, to make it yeah. a gummy. There's often not a lot of other uh, vitamins and minerals. Yeah, and I love the ones that are like
0: rolled in sugar too. That's always a nice touch. (laughs) Well, that was actually myth three. So we just busted through that one, no problem. Myth number four is that you need to brush your teeth right after you eat. And that is kind of what I do just because it's a habit, but that's not necessarily the best idea.
1: That's right. But I want to put out there, you have to brush your teeth, I yes, my kids, this my is not like showering. It's more. not optional. My kids are younger, so I got to brush your teeth. You got to brush them twice a day, morning and at night, at least. Dental health, oral health is connected to heart health, is connected to cancer risk. There's a lot of bacteria in our mouth. It is critically important. But what's happening is it's particularly a, with certain types of foods and beverages. So coffee, soda, any type of acidic food or drink Actually softens our enamel a little bit on our teeth. So if you brush immediately afterwards, you're tearing away some of that enamel because it's been softened by the acidic foods or drinks. So in those circumstances, coffee, soda, uh, you know, uh, very spicy food, you want to wait about an hour or so. You still want to brush your teeth. You just want to wait a little while.
0: Interesting. Okay, myth number five. I'm not sure I can buy into this one. No. It has to and do with- I never with making- like
1: drink. I never <laughs> like brushing my teeth after coffee. I cannot like that taste for a while. Sorry I know, I know. Yeah. Okay.
0: okay. Myth number five has to do with making the bet. Yeah. And this one I'm not so sure about.
1: Now there is some conflicting date on this. Okay. But <laughs> here's, here's what I can tell you. Because I have done tell me, some study. Tell me what's been said and, and then we can debate this. And people aren't going to like this. But no. There are- like millions of dust mites in your bed. Mm -hmm. It is, you know, mites, tiny little organisms. They feed off of our dead skin that's coming off our bodily, you know, excrements (laughs) that we put out in terms of sweat. And what they like is a dark, moist environment. And when you make your bed, you tuck everything in all nice. Uh (laughs) Everything's all dark. You got your sheets, your comforter, all your little stuff. And that's a haven for dust mites because they don't like the sun, right? They don't like uh, a a dry area that's being exposed to air. So when you make your bed, you're actually creating an environment for Mm -hmm. those mites to to thrive. So the theory is, and there's been some data on it, that if you don't make your bed, you're going to have fewer mites because they're going to die because they don't have a a feeding safe environment.
0: Uh, Okay. Um, How's that going over in your house? Well,
1: (laughs) my (laughs) wife likes to make the bed. Uh, Our kids, not so much, but yeah, here's the point. That doesn't mean you don't do anything. Okay. What do you do? A lot of people don't wash their sheets uh, that often. You really should be washing your sheets once a week.
0: Yes, you should. At the
1: most twice a week. And not everyone does that. This one we could totally agree on. If you think about on comforters, <laughs> people leave comforters on the entire winter and never, why? Because not easy to do, right? Uh, you don't change your pillowcases, you know, yeah. once a season. Uh, I hate to tell you, there's, there's a lot of, you know, microscopic Ugh. bugs getting just... on them. You know, there, there yeah. are these, these, um, you know, uh, anti-allergy sheets now that are out there too. You know, I'm not sure what the data are on that, but <laughs> y- you want to make sure that you do wash your sheets and, you know, if you're going to make your bed, maybe don't do it as tight. Okay. Right? Don't that? measure everything and, you know, push everything in. I think on, my, I think my kids could,
0: could probably, you know, they would yeah. li- like to know that they're like yeah. some lower... Lower less than four standards yeah. can be good. Yeah. Have there you ever good heard? There are bed
1: makers and not bed makers, right? Some are kind of sloppy. It doesn't yeah. have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be store quality.
0: Do you know um, the uh, the famous commencement speech that Admiral Admiral McRaven gave at University of Texas called "Make Your Bed."
1: no and he, he it
0: be turned into i'm going to send you a link to it after okay. but his whole thing was um just the, the concept in the military of making your bed and how it's one yeah. of the first things that you're really kind of judged by mm-hmm. or you know you meet a standard but his whole concept was when you make your bed in the morning you've accomplished something from the second you get up mm. it could be in conflict with what you're talking yeah. about but it's, yeah, it's, it's a, a wonderful speech and book yeah. Get, getting up getting up
1: is an accomplishment. Too.
0: Well, the, you know what? Post-pandemic, you're right about that. There's,
1: there's no doubt. There's lots of things. Military I people know. are good. They have their own. They like their <laughs> regimens, right? They so, do. We can be more free thinkers, though, too, right? <gasps> oh, but the key is you're looking at data here. So there are some we data. Are. That okay. Okay.
0: Coming back to the data, always the data. Yeah. Real quick, before I let you go, um, this is the time you were we're talking about kind of that restart that a lot of people get with the start of the school yeah. year. I see a lot of people on the Instagram talking about doing cleanses right now. Yeah. Where does the medical community, is there data to support yeah. the concept of doing a cleanse? Is it a healthy thing? And if not, why?
1: The medical community does not support cleanses. Yeah, And I get it. it it's a great term that somehow you're going to clean out your gut, right? Well, it's not a window that you know you're washing. You know, we have our own internal uh, systems that clean out our body, clean out our gut. And the problem with many of these cleanses, and we've all seen these as doctors, people that have bad outcomes, people that have caused perforation, a hole in the intestine. People that have become very dehydrated because, along with all that stool, they're getting rid of a lot of water. You know, the loss of certain minerals and vitamins and uh, potassium and sodium, which can cause problems, especially when you're older, because that impacts your heart rate. So, the idea that somehow you're going to clean out your body just doesn't medically make sense. Now, what I do like about the concept is sometimes it's great to have a reset, right? You've been eating bad for for many months and this has been going on at home from vacation on a couple of weeks. My wife and I said, okay, now we gotta resume fasting, intermittent fasting, much more data about that to reset, right? and think about how do you eat healthy. But this idea that somehow you're gonna clean out your gut, it just scientifically doesn't make any sense because our body does that. And now you're putting in all these abrasive chemicals and substances that can dehydrate you, that put you at risk of electrolyte abnormalities, that can cause perforation. There's just no data to support it, and no one. Love, really I love, I love that
0: idea of a reset or a refocusing mm-hmm. on just like doing good things for yourself,
1: right. which and that's why seems people so say complex. they do it, why they do the cleanse. Right now, I'm going to get, I'm going to recenter. Right, that that's what many people are saying why they do it. Well, maybe there can be another way to do that, fast for a day. That's a much better and safer option.
0: Interesting. Um, before I let you go, what would you say then um, would be something that we could all do? Maybe maybe two things we could all do to reset, refocus, and maybe just feel better heading into yeah. the fall. Like, What are the best things we could do mm-hmm. for our health, mental and physical right yeah. now?
1: I've talked about this before with you of uh, a gratitude journal. I've been talking a lot about to patients where you write down something every day and it's really every day you got to get in that habit of something that you're grateful for right that's what you could do first thing in the morning instead of making the bed or taking a shower (laughs) (laughs) Write down because that that really helps to reset your thinking there's been some data to show that people that have done this for six months through functional MRI and PET scans actually show decreased activities in those areas of the brain that cause stress and anxiety. So some data to support that. The other thing that I've been doing that someone suggested to me is you have to make, um, you know, your enjoyment a priority. So maybe you like to walk, maybe you like to garden or exercise. You have to make it a priority. And you have to put it in your calendar, whether it's in your phone or in your, you know, computer that, hey, you know, Mondays at four o'clock for 15 minutes, you're going to do this, right? Or you're going to listen to music and you're just going to take a break. The other thing I've been recommending to people that I've been doing lately is don't check your phone first thing in the morning, right? How many of us do that? What is Mm -hmm. so important? You know, eat your breakfast, spend time, you know, with your spouse or partner or family members, at least for 30 minutes. Things can wait. You, You don't need to do it first thing in the morning. I was talking... Uh, to a friend. I don't know if I believe this. I, I won't say her, her, her name. Um, she's like, she puts her phone in the closet at night, and then she doesn't go back to it until after breakfast. I'm like, no way. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, how, how do you do that? And she's like, for the first week, it was really hard. And now she's like, I love it. And it's I thought, a habit. Yeah. I don't know if it's I'm strong enough to do that yet, but that that could be a good way to do it. But, but those are the things, it, it's really about prioritization. So one, to be grateful. You know, to express gratitude, and then others to find out whatever it is that you enjoy, and then prioritize it and put it in your week three to four times. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. It just isn't with so many of our lives. Uh, I mean, that's what I've been focused on. And then, you know, we, we all have different ways that we want to, you know, be physically active. I've been doing more walking than I used to do in the past, just because you know it's been sunny out, I'm getting my vitamin D that way. Uh, but making it a priority and doing things that you enjoy.
0: I love that. So just even something as simple as just scheduling in that walk mm-hmm. and actually doing it.
1: Yeah. yeah. And
0: I actually like that phone in the closet thing. I think that's actually kind of brilliant. You're gonna
1: try it and you're gonna do it and then you're gonna tell. Um, do you
0: know what I always put mine? Mine is never in the bedroom. I have one that's a backup alarm, but it's mm-hmm. it's a work phone. Um okay. but yeah, mine is in the other room. And and you know, I I think it's I think it's a great idea, you know? Okay. I I'm almost willing to bet that most of the big tech
1: mm-hmm.
0: titans do not start their day staring at a phone or yeah. on a social media site. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure of that, you know. It's certainly, you know we've heard it anecdotally over mm-hmm. the years. Anyway, well, thank you so much. There's some great, yeah. with the exception of the whole bed thing.
1: Yeah, and a <laughs> <love> shower.
0: <laughs> bed and shower, like those, yeah. are the two big sticking points for most boy wow. moms across the country. Okay. But but it is interesting, and it's always mm-hmm. great to catch up with you. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Yeah. You can follow Dr. John White on Instagram at Dr. John White. White has a Y in the middle of it. Just don't do it like first thing in the morning because that is so not his advice that he just gave out. WebMD also has an Instagram page and it's kind of a nice place to go to get some positive health advice broken down into really easy to digest segments, so maybe worth a follow on your Instagram as well. Thanks to everybody who has been sharing this show. I think it's interesting that no matter how big a show you're listening to, At the end of it, every host, no matter how big a deal they are, is begging you to share the show and leave a rating or review, and I am no different. So if you have a moment, wherever you happen to be listening to the show right now, if you have a moment to leave a rating or review or just hit a couple of stars, I would appreciate it. And if this touched a nerve with you, like perhaps the making the bed part did with me, please share it with a friend and see what they think on it as well. I don't know. I just can't do that bad one. I just feel like you got to make your bed. Like if nothing else in the day, make the bed. Don't worry about the mites, make the bed. But I'm not a doctor. I just play one on TV and I read a lot of health stories. If you have something you'd like to share about the show, don't forget you can always reach out to me on Instagram. You will find me at runreadsip. Thanks for listening this week and I'll see you next week on the Dying Desk Podcast.